0: to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm I'm Nick. Uh, (laughs) Today we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been watching. By a little bit, I mean a little bit. Um, We have a very, very, very small bit of film news. Not really. We might not even talk about it. Depends on how I feel when we get there. We're going to do a full review of Joe Kaczynski's Oblivion and then possibly a food for thought if we have time, which... Joe Kaczynski? From. Yeah. <laughs> not, Joseph, not Joseph. Joseph Kazinski Does he call you at home? <laughs> he has some good friend with Joe. Does he call you at home? Um, speaking of food for thought questions, like seven sentences ago, uh, if you want to send us a food for thought question or your feedback in general, feedback about the movie we saw, our review of the movie, a movie you saw, send it to feedback at midwestfieldnerds.com. And, uh, go review us on iTunes and give us a rating. But right now we'll get into what we've been watching. So, Willie, what have you been watching?
1: I've been watching HBO's Girls. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of hype around this show. Or, certainly, after the first season aired.
0: Critical Um, acclaim, I think. Critical
1: acclaim, yeah. And I've heard a lot of mixed things about it. Um, I mean, either really, really, really positive things or very negative things. Um... And after having watched the entire first season and all but one episode of the second season, I have to say it's it's a weird show. <laughs> <laughs> um I I like the fact that it's honest about sex and, and whatnot, and pretty much every sex scene is about as awkward as you could possibly imagine. And just when you think it got just as awkward as it could be, it gets worse. Yeah. Um everybody's really good nobody's likable um they're all really they're all really good actors they just don't like any of them that always Um,
0: makes for a difficult 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 difficult, uh it's difficult to enjoy a show when nobody's likable
1: it is and i mean it's on a show like it's always sunny or even seinfeld like they're all horrible people but they're still likable you can you know you can have a character who's just a horrible person Barney Stinson is dispi- is like especially earlier on in that show he's despicable, <laughs> but,
0: but he's still likable so somehow. Huh? Yeah.
1: Um, but none of these people really are all that much. They're so involved in their own crap. Yeah. And and so I don't know. I mean, it's honest. It's like there are moments where it's really funny, and there are certain characters. Funny enough, the male characters I think are, honestly, weirdly better written than <laughs> than the female <laughs> characters in the show. Um.
0: But why is show called girls? Yeah. Well
2: they I mean, tend to write like they write the female characters as like the most extreme like worst kind of female.
0: Yeah,
1: and they all fit certain archetypes of stereotypical females, like twenty something females. Um, and, and what's funny is it really honestly like by the time I was done watching it I'm just like this is kind of like sex in the city for for this generation. You yeah. Know? Yeah. For the hipster crowd. Um, but
0: what is Carrie Diaries then?
1: Yeah, well, I think that's for like tweeners. Um, <laughs> no, it's, what's it's not tweener? the worst show I've ever seen, but um, I I'm still watching it. So there's got to be something there that keeps me
0: interested. In what's going you, on. What you're saying feels a lot like how I like my thoughts about Entourage. Okay. Entourage like. By the end of season three, you can tell that most of anything of worth has already been farmed out of the show, <laughs> and so, but I still watched seasons four through eight, or whatever it ended up being, for yeah. some reason, I don't know, it was a very guilty pleasure kind of show.
1: And maybe this is, I mean, it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm probably going, if I, if I have HBO, uh, when Game of Thrones is over, HBO will be gone from yeah. my house when Game of Thrones comes back on, HBO will be back. If there is season three on there, I will probably watch it. Yeah. And I can't tell you why. Fair enough. I don't know.
0: Fair enough.
2: But yeah, that's Girls.
0: (laughs) Okay.
1: I have no real review. I'm just
0: really weirded out by it. Yeah. It's a really different show. I do want to check it out at some point, so.
1: I think it's worthy of a look. I mean, I think at least watch through the first season. Yeah. But if you really, really don't like the first season, you're not going to like the second season. No. So.
0: Okay.
2: I really enjoy the first season, and the second season starts out different, for sure, which I applauded at first. I was like, all right, they've shaken a lot up in the brief amount of time that passed, Yeah. but then it quickly just goes, descends into just totally self-indulgent fan wanking. Yeah. And I was it's, like, oh. It think it's mm-hmm. weird. I still haven't finished season two. I've heard I need to, but I'm scared because I've heard some really crazy crap happens. Yeah. I'm not sure. I kind of just want to walk away. <laughs>
0: All right, uh, Nick, what have you been watching?
2: Um, let me see if I took any notes here that I forgot about. Nope. Um, well, Willie wanted me to mention that, based on our huge Mega Man kick that we've all kind of collectively been on lately...
1: <laughs> Thanks to the Proto Man. Yes, awesome.
2: I sought out uh, the Mega Man cartoon from the 90s. And it it's fun, first of all, because it just reminds me of this era when <laughs> just every... Awesome kids' property had a cartoon. Yeah, stuff that was like, why does it have a cartoon? Like Mega Man has a cartoon. Mm-hmm. It's really fun to watch because it's the like Alex had said at one point the mythology. I was praising the mythology of Mega Man, and he was like, there really isn't one though. He's like the 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 groundwork is laid for one, but then the game doesn't really ever capitalize on it. Yeah, which I think is cool because it lets the fans fill in the gaps, and I think the show. There's so many cool characters and, like, robot bosses to choose from that it's kind of fun watching them show up on the show. But you don't have to ever be worried of them being defeated because even when he destroys them in, like, every episode, Dr. Wiley like, scoops up the parts and like, <laughs> and, like, his big machine he flies around. And it just, like, literally, like, a little door opens and little arms come out and scoop up the <laughs> busted parts. And he's like, now I have to fix Gutsman again. And it's just really over the top. The dialogue is really cheesy, but the, the action sequences are actually kind of fun to watch because it's done very anime, kind of speed racer yeah. at times. It's fun to watch. It's goofy.
0: I, I have a very fond memory of the Mega Man cartoon. Um, it aired in, like, 94, 95. Mm-hmm. But I, I never
2: watched it as a kid.
0: I See, I feel like I did catch it when it was actually airing, but I remember a particular... We were in our our current house, <clears> so it was post-96. It was a Christmas day and John would always wake up we, we had the we were in the one room at the time. John woke up at like six in the morning and we'd always run down and grab our our, uh, our stockings and then run back upstairs and let our parents sleep for a little while and the Mega Man cartoon was on for some reason, Christmas morning, just like you know it's, <laughs> for some reason that is the one thing that i think of when i think of the mega man cartoon and it was and it was like i it was either 96 or 97 or 98 so it wasn't even when it was like originally airing but i i remember like i remember very vividly of mega man like killing cut man and then having like the little yellow dot appear on his buster yeah, meaning that where he, he takes had, his power yeah he has the weapon so i mean it, it's clearly ingrained in my brain in some place but
2: it's got some fun you know ties to the game
0: yeah
2: yeah
1: i I used to watch watch. it all the time all the time i mean i I literally have a i'm sure it's still my parents house somewhere buried in a closet of vhs tape nice that is nothing but i'm pretty sure i have every episode (laughs) on one vhs tape or something like it was awesome i have like eight hours of Mega Man on this one tape and i used to watch it all the time there are some from what i remember (laughs) there are some really cool episodes and there are some really bad episodes Um, I mean I'm
2: definitely desperate for stuff to talk about because I've seen three episodes and I've fallen asleep three quarters of the way through each of them (laughs) so I don't know how any of them men yet (laughs) but it's I don't know it's something but the only other thing I've really been watching which I'm assume we're gonna group talk about is Jurassic Park 3D yeah
0: and that we'll just segue into it here because that's all that I have to really talk about we went and saw Jurassic Park 3D in IMAX real IMAX at the Henry Ford Museum
2: yes America's greatest history attraction yes I'll throw that plug in there for Gojo because he's not here
0: (laughs) um yeah so I don't know if before this I had ever actually seen the movie all the way through in one sitting oh wow yeah and I guess technically since I got up at one point in this one I still haven't seen it all the way through in one sitting
2: (laughs) I was surprised when you got up I was like where is he going I had
0: to pee it
2: happens. I had to pee like you wouldn't believe during Oblivion, but I was like, "I'm not kidding." You.
0: I wasn't gonna miss that one, so I purposely didn't drink any water. <laughs> you yeah. made your body that's, a desert. That's how I plan. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, personally, it was good for me to see Jurassic Park in one sitting. I forgot how much of the movie up front is like not even on the island, or like. You know, before Grant gets to the island. It
1: does take a while for them, longer than I remember for them to get to the island. Not that that's a bad thing. No, 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 no. It builds the anticipation. It's kind like of like midway through, through
0: the first
2: act. Yeah. And then it takes even longer to really see some dinosaurs. Yeah. I mean, some real dinosaurs. Yeah. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs.
1: Um, no, it's, uh, I mean, I saw it in theaters when it first came out, which was what, 93? 90, 93. So I was little.
2: I never saw it in the theater. Oh. My parents would let me.
1: I remember I remember being, they, they were handing out, for whatever reason they were handing, it wasn't, it wasn't a special screen, but they were handing out little free T-Rex keychains. Um, and you nice. pressed a button and the little eyes glue and it made a little roaring sound.
0: The eyes glue. Um, glue.
2: Glowed.
1: <laughs> I'm tired, man. The um, eyes would glue. glue. Okay, they glue.
2: They dispensed <laughs> Elmer's glue.
1: Um, and uh, that was one of my favorite um, experiences in a theater as a kid. I mean, the first time, I mean, I was huge into dinosaurs, like, five years of my life, and I had, like, dinosaur guidebook with all the awesome dinosaurs, like, you know, what period they were from, and I could tell you all this stuff. I was actually doing a little dinosaur um, um, trivia today, randomly, for my fiancé in a store with plastic dinosaur toys. (laughs) I was like, this is the Carnotaurus. This had two protruding horns, you know, just going. But anyway, no, it it was really cool to see it again. Similar feeling to seeing turtles again in the theater after so many years, you know, yeah, it yeah. takes you back to being a kid. Well, it's
0: so. interesting for me because I feel like most, most like boys when they're young go through like a dinosaur phase and I never did. No. No. So, I mean, who do? I I definitely enjoyed Jurassic Park a lot. It's a fantastic movie but it never really, like, dinosaurs particularly never, re- they're not something super close to my heart. Mm-hmm. So, Nick, any thoughts on, uh, on Jurassic Park?
2: Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't seen it. This was a movie that I watched on tape because I I used to have a huge dinosaur thing too. Yeah. This is a movie that I watched on tape so many times. I mean, it, it was it used to be one of mine and Tony's favorites to watch. And um <clears throat> when we were getting ready to go see it, I realized I hadn't I hadn't sat and watched it in at least 10 years, if not more, which is unusual because even the movies I used to watch a lot as kids, I, as as a kid, I still watch yeah. Like I, I've I've seen Star all the Star Wars movies within the last year. I've yeah. seen Indiana Jones within the last year. The movies I watched on the reg, but uh, Jurassic Park is one of those ones that just kind of faded away from me. So I was really excited to see it again, and I it was a magnificent experience as an adult. Like I I appreciated it so much more as a grown up than I even did as a kid, and there is so much dialogue, and just moments between characters that flew clear over my head as a kid
0: glistening gold bloom chest that always stood out for some reason (laughs) what are
2: these confused feelings i have (laughs) no there was just mostly mostly all to do with john hammond too there's so much about his character and just the nature of the the capitalistic nature of the island versus just the the thrill of entertaining people and showing people a good time that i totally didn't get as a kid the entire exchange between him and Ellie Sadler, over the table of ice cream, I don't even remember
0: paying attention to it at yeah, all. I, don't, I barely once, remember it happening. As a kid, you would have glanced down at the toys you had with you because you always have toys with you. Like, yeah, bring for dinosaur back, please. Thank you.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's just, but that was one of my favorite scenes. Now, yeah, and just the, the line spared no expense. I literally never remember that line ever being uttered as a yeah. kid. And in the movie, it's just this recurring theme. And the way he says it at the top of that scene, I was like, Speaking oh, my God, cream this is so eating. good.
0: Yeah, I I mean, it, there, just, there say, are so
2: many messages. And I was having a conversation with, with a friend about the movie. And I, I just said there are so many messages and themes in the movie that went over my head at the time. And he goes, I yeah. think they went over everybody's head. He said, I think if the movie was released today, it would probably be a Best Picture winner. Cause, but back then, movies with that that degree of effects were not Best Picture winners.
0: Yeah, and I mean, somewhat to today, too, but that's another conversation we could have. I, I'll say that the um, some of the, the CG work hasn't aged well, especially on an IMAX screen. Sure. But it didn't really detract from the movie that much. Um,
1: no, the, the t- first time they see a dinosaur still feels like... Absolutely. A big part of that's the score.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I think, personally, I know Nick feels differently, but I I didn't really care for the 3D at all. Um, it would have been just as nice just to hear the score in an IMAX mix. With,
2: I would have been I would have been fine with seeing it in 2D. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But I know you you at least felt like you got more out of it. But I felt like it kind of detracted. I okay, liked in it. Between,
1: I mean, I, I I feel like I got some out of it. Yeah. Not you know more. More subtle stuff than like in your face. There was nothing.
0: I liked it a lot
2: where where there was dense foliage. I thought it looked cool. Yeah, when
1: there yeah. were layers of layers of. Yeah,
2: of like foliage. in the jungle, the opening the opening scene with the crane coming through the jungle, mm-hmm. uh, I really enjoyed. Um, and I think ev- the T Rex was really cool in 3D. Yeah, because the creature is so long that it was it was cool to see his head here and like see the tail back there. I enjoyed that. Everything with the T-Rex was so good. Yeah, I love the T-Rex in that movie. <laughs> Everybody right. else gets like, gets caught up on the raptors, and I did too as a kid, but now as an adult, I'm like, dude, the T-Rex is the bomb. I've I've seen that movie so many times, and still, the part when they're on the Jeep trying to outrun it mm-hmm. outside the pen, I was, I was just sitting there like, oh, God. <laughs> it's so well done, and the whole objects in the mirror are closer than they appear yep. shot, which my dad always used to go, oh, and like, laugh at when I was a kid and we were watching it. I was like, it is good.
0: It's there's good. one particular shot where it starts out on Grant and kind of tilts down to the. Uh, there's like a tire track with a puddle of water in it, and he sees the water start shaking. But you can see him in the puddle, and I was like, Yep, just like in the, the rack, way. focused to his face. Yeah.
2: from the puddle. I remember making an audible sound at that part in the yeah. theater because I was like, Oh, that's so good... Good. it's so good. It's cool to see old movies like that and see those those moments that. Like the 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 shot of the the, the glass and mm-hmm. the water rippling, just That's remembering that iconic. being the yeah. endlessly parodied scene, and I'm like, yeah. this is just again another. In the multitude of reminders of why Spielberg is Spielberg, he just yeah. the guy's a boss. All
0: right, okay. we should uh, we should move so we, on. We got a lot of news to get through. <laughs> to our tiny news segment, um. So Disney has confirmed. We've talked about this a little bit before, but Disney has confirmed their plans to put out a Star Wars film every year, starting with 2015. Um, Star Wars Episode Seven being the the first film, in and the, they're
1: going to be every other year thing.
0: Well, official episodes will be every other year, and then yes. a
1: standalone in between. Yeah. yeah.
0: So. Um, some of the ideas that have been thrown out there are things like uh like character standalone movies, particularly Yoda and Boba Fett, um other rumored things like uh Zack Snyder's samurai Jedi Samurai movie that he wanted to do and which that's kind of on the more interesting side of things, like yeah. something I would actually want to see. But
2: I would be down that combination. Yeah. The story of just a, a Jedi Samurai thing alone would be sweet, but I I'm, I'm totally down for Zack Snyder doing
0: it. Yeah. So, uh, what do you guys think about this in general?
1: I just hope it's not going to, it's always exciting when a new Star Wars product comes out, like a big release, whether it be a game or a book or a movie or whatever, because everybody's got Star Wars fever again. Yeah. It's fun to talk about, and you see the merchandise on the shelves, and you're like, oh my god, Star Wars, you know. But I hope that it's not, I hope it's not going to be... um,
0: They don't run it into the ground.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't want to be oversaturated with Star Wars stuff. No, And I mean, one. I guess we haven't become oversaturated with Marvel stuff. Not yet. I don't feel like we have yet. No. And for the last...
0: Well, and the nice thing about that is that every movie that they put out is seemingly in an almost different genre, you know?
1: Sure, and they could do that with this. With, they could. With the exception of the, the episodes. The numbered sequels. So, we'll see. I mean, maybe it's, it's an... Un- I don't think it's an unrealistic fear, but... Um I'm hoping that they pick and choose wisely what they decide to put into production. I yeah. don't I don't think there's any reason for a Yoda standalone movie. No. I, I mean Super Not. I think that that's one of those ones where I mean obviously that that's an obvious choice to come up in conversation at a at a at a meeting. Mm-hmm. But like that's to be one of the first ones where people are like, Why? Why what does this add to the to the mythology? I feel a Boba Fett movie makes a lot of sense
0: but i it makes more sense it's not necessarily something that i want to see but i think it could be good but
1: it all depends on who is <clears was throat> behind it and and what if it's a crime like a like almost like a i want to say like a good fellow you know what i'm saying like a crime epic it could be really cool
0: it'll be interesting to see who they pull in for these like side projects That'll i'm
2: i'm more excited for that than the actual episodes is i I've read a fair chunk of the expanded universe stuff, and i I'm a pretty sizable star wars fan and i there's such an established, already established in my mind idea of what happens after Return of the Jedi, yeah that I'm not really particularly interested in seeing the main characters or yeah the the interesting stuff for me has always been you know the radial stuff that's going on around them mm-hmm. and so I think the idea of a new movie every year with like different directors of different styles and different genre directors coming and doing their own kind of applying their, what they're good at to the Star Wars universe could be a lot of fun to watch.
0: I hope they take a lot of the discipline. I hope Disney takes a lot of the discipline that they've learned with Marvel Studios over to this and the idea of getting different directors, every movie, not necessarily doubling up except for apparently on the Avengers thus far and maybe Jon Favreau on Iron Man and Iron Man 2 beforehand, but yeah. Keep it fresh.
2: Like, I would love to see a totally, just a visually bombastic Zack Snyder, Seven Samurai style Jedi movie, and then see more of like a, I mean, hell, even like a Steven Soderbergh Oceans type, like, smuggler heist (laughs) movie. That'd be cool. I have Star Wars Scoundrels, the book, Uh, sitting by my bed. I have yet to read it, but it's like basically a heist movie with a lot of the, with Han and Chewie and Lando and a bunch of other smugglers. And then seeing. Seeing like a. Like a grittier war. Like clone trooper. Damn it. Yeah, Clone like Wars. Ryan with, with yeah, people. something like that. Yeah. Or even a. <laughs> Terrence Malik Star Wars. Uh. Oh, man. No, nah, just like all these different. Uh...
0: The shots of Metaclorians moving through veins. And...
2: No, because those, those aren't a thing. Liam Neeson was wrong. <laughs>
0: or like a, uh, I don't know. You know
2: what I mean? You know yeah, what I'm saying. No, I know. It'd be mean. really cool to see all the like prolific directors of now, or you know, guys like J.J. J. Abrams maybe taking a swing at it and yeah. seeing what they could come up with.
0: It'll be interesting, for sure. All right, um, I had a run of sequels lined up here in film news, but we're not going to talk about those. So let's talk about our first looks at uh, Jamie Fox as Max Dillon and Electro in. The Amazing Spider-Man 2. It seems like we got some spy photos of the Electro costume slash slash makeup. And then uh, Mark Webb officially tweeted out a picture of Max Dillon today. Um, Both of you have seen them. Yeah. Hi. So, the spy shots, I mean, obviously, a lot like with the Thor armor and... Iron Man, I, Iron Man less so. Iron Man looked good when when we got that spy shot, but Thor didn't necessarily play out well until you started seeing like it in motion. Um, what do you guys think about Electro?
1: I, I mean, they're they're spy photos. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like I think it's gonna look sweet on camera. So I'm really, I, I have like no worries about it.
0: You you would assume that Electro is going to be somewhat effects heavy, possibly. Anyway.
1: Yes, yeah, it's like he's. Semi made of electricity, kind of, sort of. I mean, I don't know what kind of take they're doing with the character. It seems like it's more aligned with the Ultimate Electro, who has kind of a bluish tint to his skin. Yeah. Um, but you can tell they've got. I mean, if you if you look at some of the spy photos, they have lights on the inside of his hoodie. Yeah. That so there's an obvious effect that's going to take place there. I think it could be really cool. I, I think I think the makeup looks interesting. Yeah.
0: So. Any thoughts on Electro? Nothing in particular. Pretty much the same.
2: Yeah, I mean, it looks a little gooby from the spy photos, but they're spy photos. um yeah. so I'm, I'm sure on camera to look fine. All right, well then. The I don't mind camera. that he's all blue. I mean, we I think we kind of expected something like that.
1: Yeah, I didn't expect <coughs> the the goofy mask with the
0: green and yellow. So, on the other hand, we have I would Max, have been kind of down. <laughs> Max Illen. Max Illen. Oh. Um. Yeah. I don't know about this one, guys. I for don't know.
1: Some, for some reason, it reminds me of Jim Carrey in Batman Forever. I don't know why.
2: <laughs> Neither it, do I. <laughs> because,
1: because it reminds me of like like the super nerdy guy who like just wants to be a part of something bigger.
0: I would say you it know? reminds me more of Jim Carrey's Fire Marshal Bill on uh, In Living Color. Oh, no. <laughs> um,
1: I mean, he's... Uh, from the character description, it sounds like he's going to be kind of... Kind of a of a loser you know yeah and he just wants to uh, whether it's help spider-man or be Mm. spider-man or whatever it is he wants you know
2: the kind of guy who in real life when you meet he's not a he's a perfectly nice person has all the best intentions in the world yet he just makes you uncomfortable you don't really want to hang around him that's kind of the vibe i got from the description earlier and the picture pretty much hits that that nail i mean i'm fine with it i'm actually like i said to you guys before we started recording i'm kind of glad i'm actually really glad that he doesn't look just like jamie fox yeah that was one thing that dis- i still haven't watched django yet but that was one thing that kind of bummed me out when i saw what he looked like in the movie i'm like he just looked like jamie fox with a beard like he didn't look period enough for me really like christoph waltz at least had a sweet beard and like cool wardrobe and i saw jamie fox i was like he looks like he just wandered out of like his mansion and was like i'm ready to shoot <laughs> the, the d is silent but in this movie, he looks like a character. Like he looks creepy. Yeah. His comb over is just absolutely disgusting, <laughs> <laughs> and his weird like his gap in his teeth seems really prominent. And it just he looks like a like a total nerd. And I think that that's kind of awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I told you guys I think it looks like something out of the Jamie Foxx show. But I, I, I don't know. It could it could play off pretty well. We'll and, see
2: how he but, looks in the trailer.
0: Yeah, I won't, but you will. So oh yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> I think he'll end up being really sympathetic
2: probably so he'll probably feel bad for him I don't those, know those I'm, are
1: the, some of the best villains are,
2: are the most best. Spider-Man villains are yeah. which is why I don't know I'm I'm excited. I'm still excited. I, my faith hasn't been shaken yet. I'm waiting for the this Giamatti Rhino see, yep. photo. Just wait till we
0: see that. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be weird. I feel like my faith has been shaken every step of the way on this casting. <laughs> but it's it's <laughs>
2: very it's very reminiscent of the the first movie though. A lot of people were kind of going.
0: Ehh. I well, I remember people cringing at like Martin Sheen and, and Sally Field.
2: I was certainly among them. I cringed.
0: I, rem- I remember you being a Dennis them. Leary. People were people were kinda like, What? Yeah,
2: and the costume and everything. Everybody was kinda like there was never anything that people were except for the casting of Andrew Garfield, pretty much universally everybody was like, I'm cool with that.
0: I remember being cool with it all and then I saw the movie and I was somewhat disappointed. So I th-
2: Arisa Fons, too, a lot of people were kinda like, Really? He's the lizard? But
1: We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's an odd cast, but I think
2: I mean I'm glad that that I'm in so intrigued by it. Yeah. It's a very weird cast. All
0: right. Well, we can we can probably refrain from talking about this as I'm sure this has come up on like 10 out of 20 episodes of our podcast. So Yeah, I'm sure. I can yeah. stop throwing it in the lineup, but that basically wraps up our film news. Yeah. Let me let me check the uh let me check not, the Not a whole lot going on, huh? Let me check the news ticker. <coughs> just to make sure that uh no breaking you know, news. No breaking news. No Danny Woodburn this week, so. <laughs> um <laughs> We can move right into our full review <laughs> of Joseph, Kaczyns- Joseph Kaczynski's Oblivion. You messed me up. He's not Joe anymore? I couldn't say Joe. I had to say Joseph, and then I was like, Joseph It's
2: like when people were saying Sam Jackson. I have such a hard time with that. I'm like, his name is Samuel L. Yeah, Jackson.
0: Um, Joseph- but we feel like we know him. It's true. true. Joseph Kaczynski's Oblivion, uh, starring Tom Cruise, Morgan Freeman, Olga Kurlenko, Andrew Riceborough and a- like, three other people total, basically. Yeah. Um,
2: Nikolaj Costa, well, no.
0: Yes. Um, the synopsis on IMDb is... A veteran assigned to extract Earth's remaining resources begins to question what he knows about his mission and himself. It's pretty apt. Yeah. Um, so this is my number one most anticipated movie of the year. I was a huge fan of Tron Legacy, and I was excited to see Joe Kaczynski's follow-up. Um... But I think we'll start with uh, Willie. What What did you think about Oblivion? Um, first of all, it's it looks
1: amazing. <laughs> like I mean, that not just the effects, which we all knew were going to look good. Um, I don't think we, any of us were concerned about that. The 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 d- design of everything. Oh yeah, the art design. And it's it, the thing is not only I mean it does feel inspired from certain other sci-fi movies and stuff like that, but none of it feels like a ripoff no. of there's some there's some mass effect in there. There's a little portal in there. Lots of video game stuff. Um, there's some some older like seventies sci-fi vibes in there, but it just it looks like its own universe and its own world. Everything yeah. feels uniform and feels like it, it fits you know yeah. it fits the same world. Um and it sounds amazing.
0: Especially in we saw, I should say, we saw it at the Henry Ford once again. We did. I've been to the Henry Ford three times in the past week, so yeah. it's been a,
1: it's been interesting for you, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It sounds the movie sounds so good, and I don't think it's just because we saw it in IMAX, because the the sound design choices, which is it's funny because it's something I don't normally notice all that much in yeah. movies. I'll be completely honest. Um, but here, just the, the decisions that were made. For the sounds of the guns and, um,
0: the guns felt new.
1: They did. They felt like like.
2: They, they somehow reinvented the gun. Yeah,
0: they,
1: honestly, and I it's
0: mean, it's not like those movies where like somebody pulls out like a Glock and it sounds like a Magnum every time, you know? Sure, sure. <laughs> it, it, like the the sounds that come out of the guns that Tom Cruise has and all the guns in the movie, they, they feel familiar.
1: Yeah, which is important because I. I you, to be honest, when you hear an aside from me the pew 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 <laughs> it, it takes you like why? Yeah. Um but this it, it felt familiar but it had a different spin on what it, you know, I don't know, it's just very cool. Mm-hmm. Um the 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 sound of the uh the drones, which are Absolutely. are characters in this movie. Yeah. Um
2: a it, lot of personality,
1: seriously, yeah. Seriously. Um the sound of those those characters is equal parts humorous and terrifying depending on what's going on. Yeah. And and seriously, I, uh, this is like Oscar-worthy sound design. Honest, I mean, I'd oh, easily, yeah. Um, and I'd be bummed if it didn't get any recognition for that. Yeah, at least. Um, probably won't. It probably won't. Um, that being said, I think that, um, and we'll talk more about this in spoiler territory. Um, I think the the movie wants to be too many things. Um, it tries to be too many different types of sci-fi. Yeah. But we'll talk more about that. Okay Um, Nikolai costa Can we just talk about him For a second Um, We're all Game of Thrones fans Here on the Midwest Film News Podcast And we're all fans Of this actor And fans of Jamie Lannister Despite his nastiness Um, But he is a beautiful man I'm just saying This is coming from A heterosexual male That man is beautiful And his hair In this movie Is perfect Mm Mm-hmm like really good
0: that's
2: true i did not want to talk during this movie at all but i had to lean over to you and be like dude his ponytail is amazing
1: (laughs) no and i was thinking the same thing so i'm happy that somebody came out and said it um his gun is taller than him which is awesome um (laughs) yet somehow he still overshadows the gun because he's he's so awesome i don't know he was he was one of my favorite parts of the movie um but yeah no I, i i overall i i enjoyed it i have some gripes like I said, from a plot standpoint, but yeah. we'll get we'll get into that, okay,
0: Nick thoughts on oblivion
2: uh, I think Willie pretty much summed it up the uh all the design is awesome, mm-hmm. but not even just the design of all the of everything Tom Cruise has, like where he lives and his ship and his weapons and everything, but the design of the post apocalyptic world I was worried would be very generic, but it actually had a weirdly unique vibe yeah. to it yeah i really and i really really loved about the movie that it didn't beat any landmarks over your head necessarily no. with the exception of the empire state building which has a little bit of a it's not beaten over your head it's just it, it's fairly central to the plot yeah. in a way yeah. but i loved the the little subtle like oh that that was that and it didn't mm-hmm. have a planet of the apes moment or anything
0: N- no but i can <laughs> i noticed something that we'll talk about in spoilers which oh yeah i, was so cool. did I. yeah
2: um so that I appreciated that, that they managed to make a post-apocalyptic world its own thing. It, yeah. was, it was cool. Um, I think everybody in it was really good. I liked the whole cast. There's a couple actors in the movie that people usually find fault with, but I thought everybody turned in really solid performances.
1: Hey, even Olga was, I thought. Was I thought Olga
2: was good. <laughs> good. Um, I've, I mean, I, I am not a hater of her work in quantum of solace so
1: no but in general people tend to give her
2: crap yeah you know so uh (sighs) spoiler free i'm not sure there's too much else i can say it does it does borrow i recognize throughout the movie all the things it was borrowing from but i'm a big fan of equilibrium which is a huge borrower of it's basically three things combined into like its own but it, but it makes it its own, and I think this movie did, too. Yeah, absolutely. And the list, there was a thread on IMDb that said, let's play Spot the Reference or something like that, and the list of movies that were referenced in this movie is staggering. Like, it's seriously like he went to the grocery store, grabbed every ingredient he could, and threw it in a blender. <laughs> but I really don't care because he found a way to, to make it all his own. Yeah. Um, I, do, I do find some faults with the script. There's some weird things that... Feel like they could have been fixed very easily. It makes me wonder why they weren't. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those movies where I enjoyed it enough that i I enjoyed it so much that I don't really care. Like, even if there was a glaring plot hole, I'd be like, whatever. I mean, like, like there's obviously one of the ones my friends were citing was The Dark Knight Rises. They're like, yeah, there's some pretty massive plot holes in the movie, but I'm like, I don't give a shit though because I love the movie. Like, you just you deal with it. It's a movie, you know. They have plot holes most of the time. It's like Inception. A lot of people find, although that movie does such a great job of covering its own tracks, you can usually argue your way out of any plot hole people can pick up. But even then, if there was one, I'd be like, whatever, it's an awesome movie.
0: Well, basing off of that, I I saw the movie for a second time today because I really wanted to see it again, just to.
2: I really am. After thinking about it more over the last like twenty four hours, I'm really excited to see it again.
0: I wanted to bring. I wanted to kind of tie my thoughts all together, and I will say, any plot hole issues that I had the first time around. Uh, I was able to kind of finagle in my mind ways that they were irrelevant or didn't matter, so from that standpoint, it was okay um the script I think is what really kind of disappointed me in this movie i was i can't i had high expectations because it was Joe Kaczynski, but i didn't know what I was getting into i didn't watch any of the trailers, which from what other people have said i'm very glad that i didn't but um the script just was so lacking to me. Like, the words that were coming out of people's mouths. And it wasn't the people. The people did an okay job. Nobody blew my mind. I was okay with Tom Cruise this time around. I didn't hate him nearly as much as I did when I walked out of it at first. But um, <sighs> I just feel like there's a lot of sloppy script writing that's done. And the story is very simple. It's a very, very simple story. But the way that it's written seems like it's trying to overcomplicate it so much, and they mm-hmm. don't like it. Could have been laid out very plainly, and it could have been laid out in a way that that would still have rev- revelations that mattered. But it just gets so convoluted in its own BS that it's. I, I it, I'm seriously worried if if the majority of what we saw it, it probably isn't because the credited screenwriters are Joe Kaczynski and Carl Gjesek, but. Michael Arndt did rewrites on this for 3 weeks and it makes me very worried for what we're going to get out of Star Wars episode 7 if his work is you know the 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 main uh center of of what we're going to get out of Star Wars and then even you know the other things that he's written coming out like I think one or two of the the Hunger Games films but He was the it, main
2: writer of episode or uh, Toy Story 3 wasn't he?
0: Yeah, so I'm. he's done good work on Toy Story, although Pixar movies are so collaborative that particularly Toy Story movies are so collaborative that I don't even know if there can be said that there was one person, but...
2: I mean, we'll never we'll never really... There was a, just an interview I was skimming with Joseph Kaczynski, and they did ask him something about how heavily Michael Arndt was involved, and spent, I got the impression it wasn't much. Well, he
0: said he spent... Joe Kaczynski was like, he spent like two or three weeks on the movie, and he worked on things like from grand story level down to character interactions. So he's... He touched a certain amount of the movie, but yeah, we're never really gonna know who it is. But in any event, the script is, I think, the weakest link in this whole movie. Um, somebody, Devendra Hardwar, who's on, who's a slash film writer, and he's on the slash film cast, basically was just like, I can't wait to see a movie where Joseph Kaczynski gets a a, a fantastic script to work with. Cause Tron was good, it's serviceable. Oblivion's not so good, but when he gets like a legitimate, like. <clears throat> masterpiece of a script to work with. That movie's going to be hard to beat.
2: Oblivion's kind of a concern in terms of script because I know it's like his thing, it's like his property. Yeah. And it makes me wonder I mean the guy's a great director. I've I've thought that since Tron, but that it super doesn't mean he's a good writer. No, and you know. And with a project like this, I'm concerned that he was kind of like, people would be like, well, how about you change this? And he'd be like, no, that's not the way I want to do it. And I read an interview with uh, Anthony Gonzalez from M83. And who it did, seems. He
0: did the soundtrack of this movie, which was amazing. Yeah, yeah
2: and it uh, seems very. It seems pretty certain that he didn't really have as much of a say as he wanted to. Because he said Joseph Kaczynski already had a pretty strong idea of what he wanted the score to sound like. And it just, he worded it very politely, but he basically, what he was saying was, what you're hearing is kind of Joseph Kaczynski's version of what I wrote. Which is kind of disappointing to me, because I I do like the soundtrack. I think it's good, but it didn't stand out nearly as much as I'd hoped it would. I Like, Tron's uh, soundtrack by Daft Punk, I think, is awesome. And the this one is really good, but it feels a little too much, like, movie score to me versus, like, popular artist take on movie score so I mean I'll see it again and we'll see if it stands out to me more but I was kind of bummed out by that But so it seems like based on that interview and the one with Kaczynski himself it seems like he had kind of a very strong hand in this movie yeah which can be a really good thing and it can be kind of a bad thing it can kind of hurt the final product it if could there are be
0: Wes Anderson or it could be George Lucas <clears throat> right <laughs> so... it could
2: be Nolan or it could be Lucas yeah
0: but that's I think I do think I think
2: the the plot. Well, I just heard some funny stuff about Nolan about what a control freak he is. It's really hilarious that he won't let when the composers are working on his movies, he won't let them see the movie while they're composing because he's so worried somehow it'll get out that they see like frames, and that's it. That's what they have to go on. And like, that's awesome. I think that's why he keeps working with Zimmer because he just gets it. Yeah. But anyway, I think uh, I think you're 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 pretty right about a lot of the script. I don't. I'm by no means as disappointed in it as you are. But I
0: well, and I'm not. I just, I wanted it to be my favorite movie of the year, and I'm, I currently don't have a favorite movie of the year, and I know that this isn't it, which is sad to me. Like It's okay, though. It's Yeah, it's okay.
2: But. I mean, Sophomore Slump was a very, is a huge worry in my mind, and the fact that he didn't hit it is is really good. Yeah. I think the, I am very happy with the script because, I use this analogy when we got out of the movie, it's like a ball of, it's like a piece of yarn. It should be like a movie where you get from point A to point B with the story this simple. Like you said, the story is really simple. And it's like they laid out the yarn nice and evenly at first and then it gets in the second act and it's just the ball that hasn't been untangled yet. Yeah. And then there's the other end of the yarn cut emerging from the ball on the other side and that's what ends the movie because I think the second act is where it gets just crazy and they just heap on... They should have spread out the revelations throughout the movie and just kind of done a crescendo with it or even just a... Yeah, over and and out, but I I I think it wraps up very nicely. I think the third act I loved. It was the second act where I started to kind of be like Yeah. But I think a big factor is like I said, I had to pee so bad <laughs> that I was starting to get impatient towards the end of the movie. I was like it's just it's kind of going a little too much. And but um, I loved the third act.
0: And when it hits that ball of yarn, I think there are some pacing issues.
2: Oh, I absolutely agree. There was definitely there were moments where I was like I don't care about what's happening, and that's yeah. bugging me. Yeah, no, I definitely felt it too. And like I said, I could tell from your body language sitting next to me, you didn't give a crap what was happening at the moment. <laughs> and it's weird because looking back on it, I don't remember in particular any one scene where I was like, "This scene could totally be gone." I loved the the slow burn of introducing the whole world. It's just it's a movie that can't set a steady pace. Yeah. It like burns really slow, and then it hits the gas and crashes into a tree, and then it slows way down again. And then it hits the gas again. It's just kind of very, it's very yeah. erratic. Yeah. So whatever. So I guess that is script issue.
0: Do we have any other thoughts in particular? I think we should probably move into spoiler territory. Yeah. Okay. All right, and letter grade?
1: Um. Oh, boy. For whatever reason, I was not prepared for this. Um. <laughs> I would give it a B, maybe a B+ B-plus on second viewing.
0: Nick.
2: I'm at uh, I'm at A- I think right now. A- B+. I think when I walked out of the theater I was at B and then I was thinking about it more like I said just recently just today and I think upon further reflection of the fact that I want to see it again so badly I think it's, it's in the A yeah. A zone. Okay.
0: Um I'm going to give it a B. Probably closer to B- than to B+. Uh I, I can't, I don't have the words to say because it's not like I'm like, I'm not, it's a good movie, but I just, I wanted to really, I really, really wanted to love this movie and it just did not, the the stars didn't align. I mean, rather. it's
2: hard, it's hard when you have certain expectations based on nothing, like you said before. <laughs> Actually, when we left the, the theater and I, I said this to one of my friends, maybe not after the theater, maybe it was the next day. I kind of almost wish, because I, I joined you in your trailer strike only for this movie. This is literally the only movie I have not seen a shred of. And now I was kind of like, I almost wish I had seen a trailer because I went in with all these weird, lofty thoughts of what the movie was going to be. And when it wasn't, I was kind of like, maybe I should have, in a way, prepared myself for it a little more. So I at least had a vibe.
0: I didn't even, because I didn't even read any synopses or anything like that. I had nothing. I read the old synopsis like three years yeah, ago when you they saw announced the poster. it. poster. I saw the poster.
2: And it's, it's pretty different from the original pitch, I think. The original pitch a long time ago was, was different. They said like the surface of the planet was entirely toxic and it, he lived above the clouds and it was a little, it was different.
0: But from what Amy said, your friend Amy basically just like calling a lot, half of the shots in the movie just by seeing the trailer, I'm yeah. glad I didn't see a single frame of it.
2: And one thing I'd never do, I'm the biggest dope in movies for guessing things that are happening. Like I am always surprised by every twist in every movie because I don't, I don't try to think about it. I just watch the movie. Yeah. And I, I mean, even the dumbest twist that everyone's like, whatever, it's not even a twist. I'm like, oh, like I always get caught up in the movie <laughs> and I don't, I don't pay attention. But this movie, I was like like i guessed there's three main twists in this movie and it seems like everybody i've talked to guesses two of the three either before they've seen the movie or during the movie and it's the third one they don't quite get it's a weird like venn diagram of of people guessing twists because i talked to like three other people the other day and they had all guessed various things it's interesting but i never do that during movies and i by the end of the first act i had figured out quite a few of them yeah it's kind of a drag
0: Well, I think that's a perfect time to move into spoilers, so we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with spoilers for Oblivion. Spoiler territory for Oblivion. Um,
2: Radiation's the home. Turn back. <laughs> spoiler zone. All right. There's just another podcast on the other side.
0: <laughs> another Midwest film nerds podcast. Um. Okay. So Willie, what do you want to talk about spoiler wise? You you want to, you you were talking a little bit about how some of the plot, uh, it's the movie's trying to be too much.
1: Yeah. You know. I mean, I'm 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 totally okay with multiple sci-fi elements in one sci-fi movie. Um, But this one, it's kind of all over the place. And like each new layer, each new revelation like you were talking about has to do with some other like element of sci-fi being introduced almost. Yeah. You know, I mean, we start with a dystopian world which is pretty frequent in sci-fi films. And you've got robots. So it's like, all right, sweet, robots. And then you've got clones. And you're like, what? Huh? And then you've got like Savage creature people that aren't really savage creature people. Then you've got like mother base ship. It it gets to be too much after a while. Yeah, you're like okay, really
0: memory wipe that ends up dealing with
1: after a while. Clone it's ethics. Like, what, what, are we, what are we talking about? What what, what, are, what are you doing? What Time
2: travel, doing? sort of, with people Delta in cryo sleep. sleep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it gets it gets to be a bit much. A
2: lot of subplots, and I. I think it could have worked yeah, I, would, I think, it's I think that all whole the whole heap. Quick succession
1: because they're dumped on you, so did you hear that so frequently towards the end of the movie? It's just too much,
0: yeah, it's well, it's one of those things, like as I said, it could have been laid out pretty simply, and I think if um if they would have calculated like a better through line through everything that they wanted to hit, it could have been a little more cohesive and. And, and everything, everything could have been brought together beautifully, and it does all come together really. But it's just uh, not necessarily in a satisfying way.
1: It's the organization of those elements that's the problem. Yeah. It's not the elements themselves. No. Um. Yeah. No. I. I don't know. I, it's. It doesn't make me hate the movie by any means. I still really like the movie. I like the story it's telling. Um. And I like that it's a unique, um, unique future. Yeah. So that's good. Um,
2: yeah, for a for a post-apocalyptic world, it was very clean. Yeah,
1: it had this weird, which I thought very, was really cool. It, what's funny is is after having watched the trailers, and I feel the same more or less. Ah, you
2: should have done that during movie. the break. I haven't seen it. Um,
1: it's it's almost a strange companion piece to Tron. Um, f- from a looks perspective, there's a lot of darkness in Tron, a lot of black, a lot of really really. I mean we know what Tron looks like. I don't have to describe Tron. No, either. yeah. And this movie has this white clean. It's they have this really cool
0: Well, and and adding another layer to that, Tron is a very artificial looking film, but Oblivion ends up very natural because of the fact that screwing with the moon has allowed the earth to kind of consume itself again and like it, it, exactly. Yeah.
2: Um there's a lot of the terrain in Oblivion looks like the Outworld in Tron, except like a daytime version. Yeah. So it's. I didn't think about that. It's, it's cool. They're,
1: they're kind of cool companion pieces, almost.
0: Yeah, and I think in the, his his interview with Slash Film, he said something about making like a daytime science fiction film or something like that. So I think that was very much a goal was, because you see things like Blade Runner and Tron Legacy, yeah. like movies that are very dark and science fiction, like yeah,
1: they're all really dark. They're usually rainy. There's lots of neon lights. Yeah.
0: So it made the it
2: made the scene the one scene in particular when he goes into the. The hole into that big library. It made that super intense because yeah. it was dark mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Yeah. and it was it was uh, claustrophobic mm-hmm. and filthy. And it the puts out. you in a different place completely. Yeah, it was cool. That scene was really tense. I was sitting there going, ooh.
1: "Yeah." So, um, I I want to talk about the drones again, real quick. Uh, they are characters in this movie, and and you definitely you actually strangely get a range of emotion. Yeah. From them, even though they don't have emotion, um, you feel different ways about the different drones depending on the context of what they're doing. Yeah, and you know, um, and who's who's utilizing them. Like, there are times during the movie where, you, well, when when um, <clears throat> they show up at the end to destroy the resistance movement, you're mm-hmm. like, no, like a few drones, you know. But like, yeah. there's previous moments in the movie where, you're like, yes, this guy's awesome, you know. Like, I don't know. So I thought that was really cool to, like, create a, um...
0: Well, and I think part of that is because every time, the, like, a drone shows up, the camera gets very personal with it. It does. It's it's right up in the drone's face, quote-unquote, and it's a very symmetrical shot, and and you can see kind of, like, the movements and the noises that the drone is making certainly give it this sort of... You can tell whether it's, like, the wheels are turning in its head or it's just straight up, like... I need to kill everything in sight it's it's very that's very well done it is I mean depending on I don't know they're just they're
1: so cool yeah <laughs> they absolutely. really
2: are they're really cool um,
1: and, and and Joe Kaczynski I think is he might be the master of aerial combat in films now yeah. I think Joss might have a run for his money <laughs> i never seen Serenity but there's you uh, between Tron and uh and I know. I uh, he does some really cool stuff with that. Yeah,
2: he's the one who should be directing *Ender's Game*. Whoa, man! Day. I wish I would never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin Hood has not established himself as the person directing *Ender's Game*. Yeah. And and real quick, would of, be crazy.
1: Speaking of references to um to other sci-fi films and franchises, I just want to say two things about the ending of the movie, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> They both, both these things kind of made me laugh, um, unintentionally. So you have the shot of, um, Tom Cruise's character and Morgan Freeman flying in the ship into space to destroy the mothership. And I instantly thought what well, if they were flying by and they passed Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum going the other way. <laughs>
0: so, um, yeah,
1: hopefully Nick can edit those two things together at some point. Oh, I want to. And we can put it <laughs> up on the, uh, I really uh, podcast, uh, put it up on the site. That'd yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah. And then the other thing that made me laugh was... I think um, it
2: uh, it reminds me of the little cartoon they released of. Iron Man flying with the missile and Batman flying with the bomb and then yep. passing each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought of. So
1: it that that made me chuckle. And then um, also uh, our friend Gojo was sitting next to me in the theater. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. He's been on before. Stage actor. Yes, yes. Acting in the stage production of Wizard of Oz. No big yes. deal. Um, he had turned to me during the scene of... of not really celebration, but you know, like the big bad guy. Right, right at the right at the climax. Yeah, space, the big basically. bad guy's gone. The resistance movement is kind of excited about it. Yeah. And, um, and it seriously, it echoed the end of Return of the Jedi so much, like with the exploding base in space, and they're all down below, like yeah. <laughs> um, and he instantly turned to me and said, "Ewok, insert Ewok song," and it took me out of the scene because <laughs> all I could think of was Nikolai koster while the on uh, Stormtrooper drums. just <laughs> do, 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 do. So um, so. if you watch, uh, I'm assuming if you're listening to spoilers, you've seen Oblivion. But if you uh, if you watch it for the first time or watch it again, please insert Ewok's song here. Yes. Uh, because it, it will it ruin that part, part for you? Probably. So glad totally I didn't hear it. that. It's totally worth it. Uh, we need that edited in as well, please. Thank
2: <laughs> you. Just start making a list of all the Oblivion re-edits I have it. to do to these movies every movie we see
0: yeah so yeah that's all i got okay uh the thing i noticed before when you said planet of the apes moment uh just as they're he's shaking the three drones while he's yeah, in the, the bubble captor, you see the the, the torch. torch from the statue of liberty and i was like that's very cool yeah that was neat it's a subtle thing that i completely missed the first way through so it's interesting. the first
2: time you saw the movie you didn't see that no yeah. oh wow i saw it i was like nice
0: I
1: didn't notice this, notice this at all,
2: actually. When they're in the canyon, in the, during the little oh, aerial canyon, battle, when he's yeah. chased, they're being chased by the aerial drones, he flies right past the torch from the Statue of Liberty. Is uh-huh. like, frozen in the ice. Yeah, it's, cool. it's, like, part of the canyon.
0: Yeah,
1: It's very cool. Yeah, it's almost like the building's become a natural part of the environment, which really would probably happen.
2: I was disappointed we didn't get the shot from the poster of the waterfall coming out of the Empire State Building. Yeah. When he was coming to it, I was like, oh, maybe we'll get that awesome shot, and it didn't happen. I was kind of like, oh, because yeah. that would have been awesome looking.
0: Yeah, well, and that I guess that kind of doesn't make sense because that water would be gone by now with the with the fusion devices drawing all the water out. Yeah,
2: but um, it would have been a cool. It would have been a cool thing. The I shot of them riding the motorbike through like what remained of the Golden Gate Bridge or whatever was cool or was whatever cool. bridge that was. Yeah. I mean, where were they supposed to be? New York. So what bridge would that have been? The um, Brooklyn Bridge or something? Or? Probably the probably
0: Brooklyn, Brooklyn Bridge. bridge. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Is Brooklyn Bridge a suspension bridge? Yes, yes of course. Yes.
0: So, yeah,
2: um, it was cool.
0: I will say this time around, uh, the the final like the during that climax, and and uh, Tom Cruise is sitting there with Morgan Freeman, Jack is sitting there with uh, Malcolm, um, and they both put their hands on the detonation device, and they go like whoever goes to hit it, like right at that moment with the music building up to it i was literally about to burst into tears it was a wonderful moment it was very good just like it cuts to the shot of nikolai standing outside and all the drones fall over and then he notices that the ted is exploding and that's it was good
2: the third act was great yeah yeah that was the one that the bait and switch of morgan freeman i did not see that coming i was like and I should have, because it's so obvious. Like, yeah. Well, he, and cool. he,
0: even, he even points out something like when, when Tom Cruise is finally assembling, like he, the, when he comes back, Morgan Freeman's like, it would I'd be love to one, go up there to... I'd yeah. love to see that thing's face when this explodes or something like and that. And he says, it's a one-way trip. it's yep. yes, It'd be worth it. Yeah. So.
2: It was very, it was very cool. Yeah. I just loved the scene of him sealing his wife up in the, in the thing and it was so intense. mm mm-hmm. The music there and everything—that was one of the moments where I really noticed the music, and I was like, "This is very good." I was like, "This is uh, the third act." I was—I really enjoyed when everything kind of came together. It was very cool.
0: I like the moments that were mirroring, like uh, particularly with the uh, when he's listening to the flight recorder and you see what happened in the past. There were many moments that mirror what's happened, that that happens in the current state of the world. Like, you start seeing the. You realize that Jessica Lange, or... What's her name? Uh, no. Sally. Sally. The character of Sally. Oh, uh, Melissa Leo. Melissa Leo. I don't oh know. yeah. Uh, Melissa Leo's character that you've seen before in the movie, where she comes from, and mm-hmm. then you see like the words and the phrases that they use together. Yep.
3: Yeah.
2: But This computer yeah. was just gleaning everything from them.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Like the computer like consumed that ship and them inside of it and just learned everything about how they interacted and then like disseminated it. I'm very curious
2: about what sort of organism that is that it's the tet be some itself. Sort of
0: mechanical thing.
2: I would think Well, because there was there was a very good thread about an IMDb they're like it is the dumbest AI ever because it's like why does it even let him fly in yeah. and why does it they had a lot they had several points of why this why that why that and they said why even keep human beings around as maintenance instead of just having maintenance drones or something like which that which didn't
1: make a ton of, I mean
2: there's there's a few plot holes but yeah the only the only major plot hole that I found was why when Olga Kirilenko wakes up does she not
0: go you're Jack yeah what are you guys talking about that's the only one that actually bothered me this time around because it makes no zero sense there's no reason for her to be like these people aren't recognizing me at all except for Jack kind of thinks he knows who I am when she
2: says his name when she wakes up the first time yeah how come they don't both go
0: what the hell? What
2: was cool from it, though, is when Jack was still trying to figure out who she was, and he said to, to uh, wasn't it Victoria? Victoria. Vicar. He says to her, he's like, you, you recognize her, don't you, or something like that. And there's a moment there where you, you kind of are like, does she? And Victoria kind of has this expression like, I don't know what you're talking about. But I I, I after seeing the movie, I kind of was of the belief that, this is going to be one of those fun things that people are going to debate about the movie, whether or not Victoria actually understood her memories eventually and was just intentionally suppressing them because she loved tom cruise if she was like refusing to like reveal the truth
1: she definitely had a thing for tom cruise even before they got captured too though you could tell
2: when they were on oh yeah the picture well and she had the line too where where when she wouldn't let him into the building when he's came back with she's like she's the one he said it's always been her is what she said and i was like ooh, what does this mean so i think she remembered
0: she remembered some. Well, I don't know. I think it's one of those things where maybe he's talked to her about the dreams before. And she was like, it, it, it was always her in the Well, dreams. he had
2: the one line in the movie where he says, do you ever have dreams or something like that? It seemed like it was something they'd never talked about before. I mean, he had some line that he asked her if she ever remembered I feel like that
0: was in anything. the monologue, him talking about the dream. But I don't know. Maybe not.
2: But mm-hmm. I like I said it'll be one of those things people will debate like did did she know because I saw some threads on IMDB about it too where people were like did she know what was going on the whole time and just refuse to believe it or admit it because she wanted to preserve the perfect little life yeah. she had with Tom Cruise it was it was cool
0: see and then the major like the big plot hole that I had an issue with before was um why does why does why Olga does Karolenko's character know anything about the Tet? It didn't make sense to me, because the way that the movie kind of lays it out at first glance is that they went on this space mission to check out Titan, which is the moon of Saturn, to figure out whether or not we can colonize on it. Mm-hmm. And then it's something like in Alien, the ship wakes them up, wakes Tom Cruise and Vicka up, and is like, you need to check out the Tet. Like, you need to check out the strange object that we've all of a sudden found. That's what my impression was. So in that case, Olga Kirlenko would have no knowledge of the Tet at all. No, because she was never woken up. Exactly. Yeah.
2: I think that their objective changed before they
0: left. That's, upon watching it a second time, and maybe listening a little bit... There wasn't anything in particular that made me think this, and I think it was just my mind wanting to justify it, because it makes all the dialogue make more sense. Is that they know that, they, like, they... I don't know, Hubble saw the Tet or something like that.
2: That's what I think, because she says to them when she wakes up and she's explaining what happened, she says, our original mission was to go there. She's like, but then an object appeared and instead we were chosen to go check that out first. Because Tom Cruise doesn't act surprised when the ship wakes him up and he gets into the chair and he's like, okay, there's the thing, let's go see what it is. He doesn't be like, what? Computer, our objectives changed. Well, he's already
0: sitting in the chair, kind of, but...
1: Well, I mean, there's there's always the the possibility that... They put him into hypersleep or whatever. And just the two woke up when they got near enough to it to do something about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, why they wouldn't wake everybody up, I don't know. But, you know, whatever. One thing I do want to say, too, is I was a little bummed out that you find out, even though it's important to the plot, that you find out that Tom Cruise is obviously originally from Earth before everything went to hell. Because initially you you make the assumption that he was born after this. has yeah has all yeah. happened, despite the fact that he's having these dreams, which probably you know are gonna mean more than just mm-hmm. dreams
2: yeah I thought the whole time that he was someone who had been born
1: and I was a little bummed about that because i the scene where he's at the cabin is one of my favorite scenes the the first time like he he's experiencing
0: cabin. because earth life it, for the first time
1: it's very cool because it says something like very interesting about human beings like uh, even if you don't know the things that like, if if you didn't know what baseball was. Yeah. Like, would we still inherently be drawn to those things just purely, not even just out of curiosity, but because it's so innately human? You know what I mean? And I liked that about that. Like, you know, like, he listened to the same music that, mm-hmm. that he he listened to the music he found, and he was drawn to certain books. and so, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Once you find out that, you know, it doesn't necessarily take that element away, but it weakens it a little bit. Yeah, so that bummed me out a little
2: bit. I remember thinking that was cool, that he was basically a history buff. Who loved everything about culture in the world before, yeah, but I think thematically it makes more sense because he had the opening line in the movie too, where he said it, despite everything, he feels like despite the fact that everybody lives on Titan Earth, he still thinks of his home, yeah. even though it existed before his time, yeah, it was a cool line to think that well, actually it was his home, mm-hmm. he was yeah. like a he was like Neil Armstrong, basically,
0: <laughs> and I was thinking a little bit when I was watching it today we kind of talked about what we feel like a sequel would be like. I feel like possibly the more interesting Avenue would be to do a prequel. Like leading up to the mission and seeing more detail about the space mission and then ending up like going in the Tet and figuring out what happens like that. There could be some sort of strange revelation in there that would make it worthwhile, but I don't know what it would be.
2: I'd rather see a sequel. I think if anything, I'd want to see Nikolai and, (laughs) <laughs> well Nikolai well yeah but I'd I'd be more the idea the big thing that this movie never satisfyingly addresses is the nature of the clones and I'm more I'm curious to see it's interesting how they basically all or at least those two share memories and mm-hmm. it's very weird it's a weird ass ending when you have that Tom Cruise monologue pick up again and then 52 shows up and he's like I know who she is because I've been in love with her my entire life and yeah. he's like
0: starts like sheds
2: a tear and i'm like
0: so you want to see the time cruises have some sort of coliseum fight where they all duke it out no i'm see just i'm really int-
2: i'm intrigued by the nature of that because 49? 49 49 like 49 he says to her he's like i know i'm not him like yeah. he goes i realize that now and i'm like this is a really awesome thought like what if it's like kind of a blade runnery thing? like what if you realized you weren't you were a clone or you yeah. were a robot like how do you deal with that and I watched an episode of Futurama that had kind of the same thing actually. But A, that's that's crazy. And then Olga Kirilenko's like, you know, no, you are him, whether you know it or not, or whatever. And I was like, Alright, lady, if you think that so that you're cool with that, then I
1: wonder if the original was aboard the ship, real quick, by the way. Then good.
2: <laughs> when it blew up.
0: There's well, a good chance he was frozen in And I ship. mean, that's the thing is that up until they stumbled across fifty two, she has no idea that he's not him. Sure. Yeah, so,
2: And that's what makes it so interesting is she just, when she finds out it's not him, she goes with it anyway. Yeah, And I was like, all right, we'll let it slide for the purposes of the movie. That's fine. He's the hero of the movie. But then 52 rolls up at the end and is exactly the same. And she's kind of like, and he's like, oh my God. Oh my God, there she is. Like, what's going to happen afterwards? I wonder if he's going to be like, listen, I know you loved 49 but I am because he. his final line of the movie is I, because I am him or something. Yeah. I looked for the the house that he built because Designed I am him. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I wonder if those two are going to be like buddies or if they're going to shack up and she's going to, because she still loves him and he is him, but he's not him. Yeah. It's like, I love that. The whole, the whole clone dynamic is really fascinating to me.
0: Oh, and the baby certainly wasn't in her by the time that she was in Delta Sleep. No. Just, it wouldn't work out that way. No, baby. They they shacked they shacked up when uh, he brought her back. When they shacked death. up yeah. in the cabin. Yeah. When they literally shacked up.
2: Um, so <laughs> I, I think a, a sequel would be a very interesting.
0: Well, and maybe I don't want a prequel, but I would love to see like an animatrix style. Like, have you guys watched any mm. of the animatrix? No, they, but I know, least, I know what it is. There's a two parter that just describes the history of Earth that led to. Like, the real world and the Matrix creation, like, that construct. And I'd love to see, like, a 30-minute thing that basically shows the the army of Tom Cruise's, like, how they wreaked havoc on the Earth. Maybe then.
2: it's in the graphic novel. I mean, yeah. You never know. Could be.
0: So. It I, be I'm also same.
2: curious to know what happens now, like, when all those Victories wake up in the morning and Sally doesn't answer.
0: What happened to them? Or they, the all those, yeah.
2: all the all the texts saw it blow up.
0: hmm what did they do?
2: Exactly, yeah. What did they all do? Yeah, I'm I'm really curious about that. Or does does Tom Cruise does Fifty Two has he spent the last three years because the epilogue is three years later? Mm-hmm. Has he spent those three years going around and telling all the other texts what's going on? I mean, obviously he he well, found Nikolai Coster Waldo. Yeah, and that's I was
0: thinking. That Nikolai probably rolled up and ended up seeing him, and Nikolai was like this is what happened because Nikolai knows like they were part of the group that knew. Yeah. He knows the whole thing. Yeah. So maybe, and he's
2: been on both sides of the fence. He knows what happened with Morgan Freeman and his crew and he knows what happened to 49. So he's basically the, the page master. Yeah. He knows what's up. (laughs) All
0: right. All right.
2: I'm I'm uh, for once with a movie I really enjoyed. I'm actually I'm usually pretty anti sequel, but for this one I'd be weirdly intrigued to see what a sequel would be like. Yeah, I'm not. But it's such a nice story. It's got such a nice beginning and end that I I'm cool with there never being a sequel. But I'm I'm I'd be intrigued to see where they would go with the clone. Like get more into the clone thing.
0: And you were you were wondering like did we ever figure out exactly what oblivion like what the name meant and I I think it's just a general term for the earth after the war quote unquote. It's kind of a
2: shame. I was hoping for a deeper meaning there. Yeah.
0: Or he blew the tet into oblivion as somebody said when or we talked about blown that. into oblivion. <laughs> yeah. Moon was oblivion. awesome looking. Moon was very cool.
2: Moon was cool. Moon was cool. Moon is good.
0: All right, I think that about wraps it up.
2: Um. It's awesome, again, though, that it, at least the movie has engaged this much conversation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's, I... It,
2: I think it's going to be one of those ones that after several viewings and after time goes by, we're going to look back on it and go, it's kind of a... it's might be kind of a modern classic.
0: I don't know if I'd go that far. Because it borrows so much. I don't know if I would necessarily say that. But it, it's certainly a very interesting movie. There's a lot to talk about with it. It's just utterly disappointing to me that such a simple story could have been told extremely elegantly, but instead it was just kind of a kind of falls on its face. diarrhea, yeah. So, all right. Any other thoughts?
2: I'm just glad Tom Cruise is tearing up the box office again. <laughs> Never die.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, we should end this episode with Jonathan Colton's song. Tom I, Cruise crazy.
2: I do think Tom Cruise, though, is an important factor for this movie, though, because he's going to help boost the box office.
0: Well, yeah, and I was thinking about that today. I was like, this movie wouldn't have been made with, like, Michael Fassbender or somebody that I really love. Tom. Or, Hardy. like you said,
2: Nikolai Nicola, is, is the in lead. The role
0: because this kind of high science fiction, if it's not from J.J. Abrams or it's not starring somebody huge, is just not going to get made.
2: Or at least even if it's made, it's not going to get big returns. Yeah. But it had, like, a $38 million or 38 something. $38
0: which, good. you know, that's for good. opening domestic. When I, the two times that I've seen it in IMAX, the theater was less than a quarter full. But
2: Did you go back to the Ford? Yeah. Yeah, so, I want to. I'm going to go back. It'll be worth it. Yeah. It'll be, uh, yeah.
0: All right. I think that's about it for this episode. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at johnny 1703 Billy's at Hemo Williak, Nick is at Nick Blauvalts, and the podcast network is at Midwest Podnet. Uh, my brother is at Mr. John on Twitter. He brought us our artwork and theme song. And as I said, um, feedback and, and and questions and food for thought can all be sent to feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. So uh, apologies to Tim, now Kylex why this week. No. And uh, Go watch a movie.